if you don't want to be successful and you don't want to, you don't want to push yourself and, and you're content and you're whatever. Okay, fine. You, you don't have to do any of this, but I mean, if you want to get ahead and you want to be successful, I mean, like this is what it takes. I mean, you have to put the extra time in. It's, I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it, but um, you know, it's just like, you got to suck it up. Sometimes you don't want to do it. You just, you got, you have to. So like be tougher, be mentally stronger and stop wishing. Just start doing it. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you guys about Desert Fox Golf. I've recently partnered up with them, and they have some awesome products that you definitely want to check out. They have something called the Phone Caddy, which is the best phone holder in golf. It comes in many different colors, and they even have ones with funny sayings on it, like, I work to support my golf habit, and it takes a lot of balls to play like me. If you are like me and like to use a golf app while you're playing, then this is the thing for you because it holds your phone in a convenient location right on the golf cart. They even have a cigar holder attachment for it. One of my favorite things is their drink aid tumblers. They have these awesome 17-ounce stainless tumblers with a screw-on lid to hold your favorite beverage while playing around a golf. They have different versions from the classic swing aid to nurse aid, hunting aid, fishing aid, and my personal favorite design, the Patriot Aid Tumbler. Head over to DesertFoxGolf.com and use the promo code ROUGHNECKS for 10% off your order. But let's get in to today's guest. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Roughnecks podcast. By the time this podcast comes out, this episode, I will be sitting on a beach in North Carolina, so looking forward to that part. But don't forget, speaking of sand, we have a sand volleyball tournament coming up in about a month on July 15th. Uh, it'll be at Newark Station here, right down the road from where I live, actually, um, getting close to where my guest uh, Jim is. But it's uh, six-person teams. You can sign up on Roughnecks Podcast. Dot com. Uh, there's a sign up at the top of the page. You can click on that, sign up directly there. Don't forget you have to have two males and two females. It is co-ed. And other than that, it's going to be a good time. We got some live music, uh, drinks, food, all kinds of stuff uh, that'll be available to the players. And it'll be also open to the public. So if you just, if you're not playing and you just want to come out, come on out to Newark station on July 15th. But Joining me today is a guest that's been on, I believe this is his third time, was all the way back at the beginning on one of the t- first 20 episodes, including that. So, but uh, welcome back, Trevor Scott. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Yeah, it's a little bit different of an approach this time when we're having you on because last uh-huh. time it was a lot about, you know, the last two times, the gym stuff and that kind of stuff. But you're doing a little something, something yourself, aren't you? Yeah, it's uh been pretty busy since uh let's call it last end of fall winter um you know i started training a little bit extra um, i've always trained my whole life and i wanted something to motivate me in training i'm a very competitive person and i felt like i was missing that part um you know since college sports you know you don't have that anymore it's been years since i've been able to do something um ultra competitive and I just like to test my body and see how far I can push it and see what I can get out of it um, on the physical side of things. And so I uh, started thinking, well, what can I do to still be an explosive athlete? 
uh, kind of like instead of running up and down a basketball field or basketball court or a football field or, you know, whatever it happens to be, what can I do to still train hard, train explosively um, without the risk of, you know, and I'm a little older now. My ACLs probably don't like all the running and jumping like it was. So um, I've always really been interested in uh, long drive, which is a, a component of golf. And it's the most explosive athletes that, uh, you know, come from all walks of life. They're baseball, you know, ex-major league baseball players, you know, hockey players, basketball, you know, all kinds of explosive athletes. Um, seeing how far they can hit a golf ball, how explosive they can be in one swing. And uh, I was like, man, that just seems so interesting. And so I was like, you know what? Let me start training towards it. Let me see what I can do. Let's see if I can get close to, you know, being competitive. And so I started training last fall um, or it specifically last winter, I guess, maybe whatever. And really went after it hard and um, started off, um, you know, I would say I would like, I'm a fast um when I say fast, I would I refer to speed of uh, swing speed and, and ball speed. Um, I'm pretty quick. I'm pretty fast compared to normal people. Then uh, I was seeing how far I could push that. So it started off a little slower compared to these big dogs, and we got we got pretty quick. And we re I realized pretty fast that this could be uh, this could be something a new outlet, a new competitive outlet. Um, but you're going to have to dedicate a lot of time to it. And that's something I've done. And, uh, you know, yeah. So now here we are five, six months later, and I'm competing now on the World Long Drive Tour. And uh, it is so much fun. A uh, bunch of great guys, a bunch of ultra competitive athletes and explosive athletes. And uh, I get to travel all over the United States and compete against the fastest guys in the world from the United States, Canada, Japan, Germany, you know, uh, Australia all over the place. And it is, uh, it's been a wild ride so far. I'm going all the way back to the beginning of what you said, because that's the one thing to, I mean, all of that, there's a lot that we're going to go into with that. But yeah. the one thing that you talked about was like, you know, feeling like something's missing, especially after college sports. I feel like that's something that a lot of people, athletes, especially that go on to the next level. And even some after high school, you know, you lose, once you lose that sport, it's like, what am I training for? Like, what am I doing? Like, you almost kind of lose part of who you are because when you are a college athlete and stuff, like you are dedicating pretty much every day, every moment of that day to that sport and you lose that. So kind of touch on, you know, how, it, like how you can find something, even if it's not exactly sports, because I'm similar with you. I'm almost not going to compete on, you know, higher stages, but I play in that volleyball league right down the road and it gives me that competitiveness back of give me a why kind of. So, how do you think people can go about finding that why, whatever it is, and yeah. kind of like how do you kind of come up, stumble upon it, and uh, yep. how do you think other people can do it? So, came out of college. Obviously, as a I was a college basketball player, that was my sport. But I played everything all the way up through. I love athletics. I love what athletics can bring to you. Uh, we can go into that whole different side of things as well. But um, you know, after graduating college, it was uh, you know, what do I want to do with the Where's my purpose? I've, I've trained for something my entire life. Whatever the goal may be, whether it's a specific sport or an outcome, I've always had a had a goal. I've, hold, I've always had some measure of success and um, how it's measured. And did I did I reach what I wanted to reach? And I pushed myself so hard. I always loved the training aspect of like how good can I be? Whether it's your physical um, 
abilities or whether it's a mental side of things in business. So <clears throat> after college, um, I experimented with, uh, I was like, well, what do I do now? So big, I'm a big MMA fan, right? So I went into, started with jujitsu and started taking some striking classes and stuff. And so it started with MMA, um, realized that, um, you know, I probably wasn't going to make the six figure contracts in the UFC. Um, and so after getting punched in the face a lot, um, I realized, okay, maybe I need another something else. So, um, always had that love though. I would always go and still compete in like jujitsu tournaments. So there was a little bit of competitive edge there. Um, and it was just finding things that I liked from there. Um, I went into, uh, business then a few years later for myself and that was a competitive drive of purpose of something to, to compete against, uh, not only your other people, but yourself and how well you can do and how much you can bring, uh, if you put your mind to it and how hard you work. Then, um, you know, it, it, I played competitive volleyball for a little bit. I, it was just always looking for this, something I could train towards, but nothing really stuck like, you know, like the long drive has right now. And eventually I, I was training here for the last however many years it's been since I've done anything super competitively. I mean, there's a lot of rec things that are fun, but I'm just wired to, I just want to play against the best and whatever it is. And I, I just miss, even if I'm not the best, I miss that challenge. I miss trying to rise to that challenge. I miss the adrenaline. I miss the nervousness. I miss that anxiety. And people say you don't get nervous or no, I'm, I'm, I'm cool as a cucumber. But then, then, then competing is not any fun if you're just, if you don't have that nice little anxiety, you know, when you step up to the tee block or when you step up to shoot a free throw or, you know, when, when your number's called in the huddle, man, that, that, that's just what keeps us alive. That's what gives us purpose. And so I found that purpose again, and it was just through an experimentation of different uh, competitive outlets. And I finally found something I really enjoyed um, and I was slightly good at, you know, I have a little background in it. And um, so going back then to the training side of things, I was training for, let's see, I mean, it's been years and you just train to make yourself stronger more explosive, but you have no goal or reason to do it just because you want to do it and you're competitive with yourself. Man, these last six months have put a fire under me and it's my training sessions have gone through the roof. I have gotten so much more out of them because I have a purpose now. I have a reason for um, for everything that I'm doing in the weight room. And so it's really helped me um, fall in love with the gym even more than I already was. So there's so many things that having purpose and having a drive um, that can it can bring to you not just um in the sport itself a lot of it i think what you kind of to boil down what you said too like you have those you have to set those goals for yourself and mm -hmm. it's not the competition with others that's what helps us but like what i really like that you said is that competition with yourself that is what you have to kind of i feel like is what has to drive you a little bit you can't let the outside factors drive you you have to be able to drive yourself because otherwise what are you doing it for? Like you're doing it for other people or whatever, but you have to be able to want to do it for yourself in order to, and this is something that sports does. Like we said, there's a lot of different things that sports can teach us, but it teaches you that it's not always about the outside factors. It's not about the whole team always. Sometimes it is about yourself. Now there's a fine line to that in a team sport, right. but you have to have the drive for yourself in order to, continue to excel and that having that drive with yourself 
will help create discipline, will help create consistency, will help create all of those factors that you need in whatever it is you do. Yeah, I think that whenever you're, especially you're an athlete and you're ultra competitive, you're ultra driven. Um, and like I said, then you have to be athlete, it can be in, in, in forms of business or, you know, different goals in the real world. There's just a hole inside of you after you graduate college or whatever your high school athletics are or professional athletics. There's just a, there's, there's this void and it's, you're always, man, you're always wanting a little bit more. And I know I'm not going to be able to do this forever. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but I'm holding on to what explosivity I got left and I'm, uh, for as many years as I can. And, uh, this has been a nice way to do it. Like I said, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to play above the rim anymore. You know, I don't have to run, run up and down a court. I don't have to, you know, run a sub four, five, 40, you know, run up and down a football field or anything like that. Um, but I do have to be ultra explosive in just different ways. Um, and so I still can train that way. Um, it's a little safer on an older guy like me, but man, it fills that void. And if you're, if you're driven and you have, you just have that competitive spirit. I mean, there's just nothing like it that fills that that awesome nervous energy when in, when your number's called and it's your turn to perform. Yeah, and you you know you mentioned the explosive training because that's a that's what you've been doing for the past you know I think what three four years now almost or has it been shorter than that? Yeah, I mean I've been doing all kinds of explosive training my entire life, right? I mean, but I mean I specialize in velocity based training. That's, um, yeah, it's sorry, that's just like yeah, that's just kind of like a, an upgraded way of of training explosively. Uh, we take in and we measure velocities, we measure uh, bar speed, we measure force production and power production output. Um, whether it's ground forces in, in, in a squat or a deadlift or a hang clean or, or upper body forces in a bench press. Uh, we measure all those things, not just weight that you move, but how fast you move it and how explosively you can move it, how much power you can produce. And all these things optimize every workout. And I think that's a big reason why I've been able to catch up with some of these fastest guys in the world. Um, I shouldn't say catch up with all of them. Um, I'm closing the gap with the top guys, but um, I have been able to catch up. You know, I would say I'm right in the middle of the pack right now. But like, again, saying that you're in the middle of the pack with some of the fastest guys in the world after, you know, um, only six months of training. Um, I'll take that because we're still getting faster, baby. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is it never stops. Just because you got to this point, you achieved, you know, maybe that first goal. There's still yeah. you, you still have to set the next goal and keep going. Even if you're the number one guy, that's where oh, yeah. you, you'll see a lot of people sometimes slip. But uh, I don't know. Usually the number one guys have that different mindset. So mm-hmm. but just because you're number one doesn't mean you're, you can coast now. It means you have to continue to improve because people like you are are training and working their ass off every day to try and catch Absolutely. up to you and surpass you. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always someone faster and there's always someone wanting to take your spot. So, you know, and whatever it is, whatever sport, but no, I'm super hungry, man. I'm, I'm so driven. My, my, my motivation couldn't be more on 10. Uh, my workouts, my training regiment couldn't be harder right now. I love just seeing what I can get out of my body, um, what I can put it through. That is some of the most fun. That is the most fun part for me. Um, the, 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 the performance and the competition side is absolutely a blast, but man, having a purpose to train and just really seeing like how tough are you how much can you can you get out of your body you know all that kind of stuff is uh, is really fascinating to me and i'm i'm having a blast with it and we're not done and we're going to keep getting faster and faster as the year goes on and that's the thing is you have to love the journey more than like the end result you, you really awesome. do because otherwise you 
if you nobody i mean you have to almost embrace the suck as the goggins would say you have mm -hmm. to embrace that suck because if you don't you're gonna just kind of plateau and stay Absolutely. where you're at or even decrease so in, embracing the suck and you know continuing to enjoy the journey is what will help put you above and whatever it is that you're doing whether it's business whether it's sports academics whatever you want to put it you can put that towards everything absolutely you can't just show up on game day like i mean i mean if you want to compete at elite levels you can't show up on game day you can't just you know if you're a business owner you can't just work nine to five like i mean you have to put in time when nobody's looking and it doesn't matter what you're doing um if if you want to be successful and you want to be ultra successful amongst a very competitive group of people i mean you have to you have to enjoy like you said the journey and you have to love put in your body or your mind or whatever it is, you have to put yourself through some shit and be able to really push it. Yeah, exactly. So what does your training look like now for yeah. like, how does the training exactly go for, you know, compete at this type of competition? Yeah. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I mean, I don't know how much I want to get into it and bore some people, but if you're <laughs> like a nerd like me, you love all this stuff and you love uh, just digging into numbers and analytics and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I have two sides of my training regimen. I have like the weight room side of it, but I also have to swing train, right? So um, the weight room, I'll break down into, um, I do two explosive lower body workouts um, a week. And we're, we're, we're hooking up velocity train, uh, velocity based trainings tools. Uh, we're getting force production numbers. We're doing unilateral work. We're doing, uh, you know, uh, vertical forces, horizontal forces. I am, um, I'm really pushing the limit. Uh, we're doing a lot of, uh, med ball stuff. Um, so that's, so the, the lower body explosion, we hit twice a week. Um, we, I still split the upper body up into, um, so I do some explosive work with my back my lats, um, and my chest. And uh, of course I have a rotation, a couple rotational days in there where I'm doing rotational explosion. Um, all to meet the needs of a, a very fast, very, very fast golf swing. Um, and so you're training like a football player. You're not training like a golfer. Like that's what the, that's what's so awesome about this. And so crazy is you see a golfer and you're just like, oh, okay, he just, he probably just does some flexibility stuff. And it's not at all. I mean, we are trick. Well, I am, I'm training. Um, and some, all the top guys as, as well, they're training like, you know, explosive football, basketball players. Um, if they want to get the most, uh, out of their swing, ground forces, rotational forces. Um, I also still do then, um, you know, upper body splits with uh, some hypertrophy and size. So you still want to keep some size because it, you know, obviously um, that has a bigger potential for more force output. Um, that's not necessarily going to make you more powerful, but it gives them higher potential um, when you do do your force um, work and your power work. Um, but then you also have to mix in with uh, your swing training. So swing training, there's a couple different ways to swing train, and I'll kind of gloss over it. If you want to know more, you let me know. But um, you there's days where you have to speed train, and there's days where you have to do more, um, let's call it like mechanics and functional work for your swing just to make sure, you know, the swing plane is right and your club head is coming through at the right right place at the right time and you're sh working on your shot shapes and stuff like that. So working on contact and uh, all your mechanics more, but the speed day is it's wild, man. Like I'm, I'm talking, um, I probably have a couple of videos of me doing a, uh, some speed days on my Instagram and it is just how much 
uh, adrenaline and testosterone and intensity you can get going in a speed session of whether you're doing 60 swings or 200 swings that day. Um, there's a different scale for doing both. And it, during those days, you really don't care where the ball goes. You're hitting into a net or hitting into a range as fast as you can swing. And you are trying to teach your body to just go faster. You can't go this fast. Yes, you can. I'm going to make you. And um, there's different tools we do with like weighted clubs and lighter clubs. It's like an overspeed training type of thing. Um, and so the swinging side of things, I probably do um, a couple uh, speed sessions every single week and a couple mechanical sessions every week. How many so balls? It's a, it's a fill, 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 fill week. There's a lot of training. And that's on top of too. You got the gym, so you're busy with that as well. Like you're constant. That's what I said <clears throat> before we got on air. I was like, you've been staying busy, and you're like, yo, because I'm from the time that I've met you, it seems like yeah. you've always had something like to do. Like you're always busy, constantly doing something, which is yeah. fun. But then also sometimes you're like, man, I, I kind of do want a break. But you know, I feel like that's also what helps keep you going. And I'm kind of similar. Like yeah. I'm. Every day I get home, like I have something around the house I'm doing, whether it's even watering flowers or something like I just, you gotta, I, I need to stay busy because the neighbor asked me the one day, she's like, do you ever stop? And I was like, the problem is if I stop, I'm going to go to sleep. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I just try to keep going when I get home so that way I can get things done. Otherwise nothing gets done. Well, there's only 24 hours, a day, hours in a day. There's like too much I want to do in this world. Like these days tick by so fast. Like. 2013 was already 10 years ago. Like that doesn't mm -hmm. seem like what, what happened to the last 10 years? Like they go by like this. There's too much I want to do. And there's too much I want to do. Well, like I'm not a lazy person. I want to, I want to experience life. And one of these days when I'm older and I can't do some of these things. Yeah. Maybe I'll slow down. I don't know if I will. I'll probably still find a way to keep my brain busy, but you know, I'm just a driven human. And I really just, I love life and, I want to experience the best parts of it. Exactly. I mean, that that's the thing is how many people, we all know somebody that they sit in their, sit around, like as soon as they get home, they just sit on the couch, watch exactly. TV like all night long, play video games or whatever. Like I still have a PlayStation 3, which is very outdated, I guess now, oh, but I hardly yeah. ever play it because I'm like, I don't, you know, maybe in the winters when I'm off, I might play a little bit, but I have like right. old games and, sometimes like my buddy like hey you want to you want to play a video and i'm like dude i don't have anything like i just i just that's not what i have time for now like i, I there's so many other things that i'd rather do or hobbies that i'd like to pick yep. up on than sit around and essentially waste time so let me give you a little story about video games for me at the same time i'll clue it into my favorite saying of all time which is stop wishing start doing um and, and i can sit here and ask you it's like hey, cool how many things do you wish that you could do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, I wish I could, wish I would have started a business or, or I wish I would have, uh, I wish I would have done this with athletics or I wish I would have done this with family. It's like, yeah, you can't do anything about the past, but what you can do is stop wishing and just start now, start doing it now. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the thing. It's like, and you'll look back in a, in five years from now, a year from now, it's like, man, I'm glad I started then. Because right now you're you're probably kicking yourself like, man, I wish I would have started a year ago. I wish I would have started two years ago. Well, start now. You can't do anything about it, but you can start now. And when you look back in two years from now, you'll be like, damn, I'm glad I started now. So stop wishing and sitting there saying, man, I wish I would have done that. Wish I would have done that. Just start doing it. Like, why? Why? What's holding you back? Just start. Uh, whether it's just one day a week, start somewhere. Um, and that always that came from. 
the the last time I played video games and it was 2010 and um, I'm sitting there playing an NCAA football game and I'm sure you can attest here. You got your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what was it called? Like your franchise mo- or whatever, where, where you recruit. The all the time, right? Yeah. I forget what it was called. Yeah. So like you, you play, you play a season, but you always play one season. You're like every single year. So I'm recruiting in the off season. I'm trying to get my team better. Uh, I play another season. My guys are a year older. I train them in the off season. I'm looking at all my players getting better. And I spent um, a Saturday from the time I woke up one time till it was three or four in the morning. And I hadn't left my apartment to, to do anything besides I just got up and ate. I used the restroom back on the couch to play that video game. I went to bed at 4 a.m. I woke up again. I couldn't wait to play my video game to get my, my, I played like three or four seasons. I couldn't wait to recruit again for the next season in my video game. I played the entire next day and it's like one or two in the morning the next day. And I've done this now back to back days and it's something hit me and I looked at myself and I go, what a lazy piece of, you know what? And I sat there and I was like, dude, you didn't get better physically, mentally. You didn't improve your life in a business aspect. Um, you didn't push yourself forward in the real world in any way possible in these last two days, while other people are constantly using those 24 hours that they have to get ahead of you. And you, all you're doing is falling behind at this point. And it drove me nuts. I realized that and it kicked in. And I said, you know what? I'm done. And it's, it doesn't have to be video games. It's anything that's taking, it's wasting your time. Um, that's not allowing you to be a hundred percent of what you are or what you're capable of. Um, and so, yeah, from then on, I was like, you know what, stop being lazy, you know, get off your ass and start doing some stuff. Yeah. I mean, stop wishing, start doing the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but you, like you said, you can't do anything about the past, but you can change your future starting now, like just right now. And that's what a lot of people too. And I saw you see it with the gym type people where they're like, man, I'm already behind this week. I'll just start again on Monday. And it's like, you don't have to wait till Monday. You you can start tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Boom. I don't know why it turned, but probably Monday's like the start of the week, but you know, Monday is not the start of what you want to do. It's that's just you coming up with another excuse to push it off. And Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're still wishing, but you know, it's true. Like, People sometimes will say like, oh, well, I, uh, you know, I'm riding in the truck or I'm driving for work and I can't like there's nothing I can do to like improve. And it's like turn the music off and turn a podcast on. A hundred percent. There's so many ways that people do not realize or those times at night when you're scrolling on Instagram because everybody's guilty of this at some point or another. When you're laying in bed scrolling through Instagram for two yeah. hours, maybe pick up a book next time. Yeah, I've so. been doing the, the the day that I stopped listening to music online or online on in, in my car um very i mean every once in a while i'll i want to do that but uh the majority of the time for the last it's been seven eight years i mean it was probably 2015 2015 i stopped what, what has that been eight years yeah so and i just listen to podcasts i can't tell you how many hours and hours of amazing podcasts how many different perspectives and different things i mean I don't read books very often, but I felt like I've now read thousands of books just from hearing people's take on whether it's everyday things, business, motivational stuff, depends on what you're in the mood for that day. But man, it's got it out there. And I tell you what, it keeps you keeps you humble, but it also keeps you motivated. And it's like, listen, 
these people out there are working every single day. Don't forget it. Are you falling behind or are you ahead of the pace? You know, and so it's uh, it's something I'm so fortunate that I, I, I stopped listening to music. Like you said, I'm driving all day. Start listening to podcasts. They got books on audio and Amazon Prime now. A lot of them are free. I mean, you know, there's tons of ways to to uh, to get ahead and maximize your time. Yeah, and I'm not saying you can't listen to music because I'm the same way. I like to listen to yeah. music every so often. Like some days oh. you're just, you know, what, I want to roll the windows down and li- jam I know. out a little. Yeah, got that but, warm summer day, and he's like, "Oh man, this is feeling good." <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I even when I ride in the truck because I drive the truck, and I think the guy at work sometimes in the mornings. That's a big what I listen to in the afternoons. I'll usually turn on music if he's with me, just so I don't bore him too much. But yeah. you know. In the mornings, I want to listen to my pod, like to other to all the podcasts that I listen to, and you, I think sometimes he gets annoyed. But I'm like, you know what? I, I. But it's funny because I'll, like, I'll catch him like listening in on some of the conversations oh, yeah. sometimes, and it's like, see, you're starting to pick up. Like, there's a lot Absolutely. of valuable stuff in these in these conversations. We just we just rode back from um, uh, South Carolina the a couple weeks ago, and my buddy and I uh, the whole way back. I mean, it's a ten hour drive. We listened to a podcast the entire way. It was, it was great. I loved it. He loved it. We were fine. But uh, I'm sure maybe pe- some people who aren't used to that wouldn't be quite quite as thrilled. Yeah, since we're going to the beach here in a couple weeks <clears throat> from this recording, but um, I uh, told my girlfriend, I was like, oh, we're listening to podcast on the 14-hour drive. And she's like, <laughs> no, no, we are not. Like, I cannot do it. I was like, you're going to fall asleep anyway. So as soon as you fall asleep, I'm turning podcast on. It's like, exactly. exactly you fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, it, it is awesome. I think it is a great strategy for people to just start employing. Um, just kind of mix it in with your with your music. Um, I get it. If it's a Friday after work and you're just having a great time Friday after work and you're ready to go hang out with your buddies or you're just ready to check out for the weekend. Yeah, cool. All right. Slap on some some Morgan Wallen and crank it up to 10 or whatever it is that you listen to. Uh, and uh, But other than that, you know, like during the weekend, work, weekday grind, just kind of get ahead little by little. Exactly. It's just doing that extra 1%, like a little bit. You don't have to do a ton. Just that extra little bit will help immensely. That was uh, in football. We always had in college. It was uh, after every workout, you'd do an extra 10%. So like every position group went over on their own. The, you know, the seniors were in charge of it. You had to go do an extra little workout. It didn't have to be anything crazy, just something. The Mondays were always lost for us with a 45 pound plate on our uh, lap. Like it was just little things that you just did, but it just helped push you a little bit more, a little bit further, get you one step ahead of your competition. Right. And it's like, if if you don't want to be successful and you don't want to, you don't want to push yourself and, and you're content and you're whatever. Okay, fine. You, you don't have to do any of this. But, I mean, if you want to get ahead and you want to be successful, I mean, like, this is what it takes. I mean, you have to put the extra time in. It's, I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, um, you know, it's just like you got to suck it up. Sometimes you don't want to do it. You just you got you have to. So, like, be tougher, be mentally stronger, and stop wishing just start doing it. Yeah, I mean, you're a prime example of it. If you wouldn't have put in that extra work that you've been putting in in these past six months, you wouldn't be start closing that gap. You wouldn't qualify for the tour of it. Like, you wouldn't have all this if you didn't put in all that extra time. Yeah, now I'm getting to hit against the fastest hitters and most explosive hitters in the world from all over the country, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a blast. I'm having so much fun doing it, and I'm still getting to feel that competitive need, and it's making my workout so much better, which is keeping me healthy as a, as a human. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of ripple effects of working hard and uh, prioritizing being 
driven and not being lazy. So you you said you qualified for the World uh, Long Drive Tour. How exactly do you like qualify for that? Like, how do you get on that? So, yep, you know, I mean, got to be able to swing swing the stick pretty quick. Um, you know, you could, uh, you know, obviously right now, I mean, if you wanted to go like yourself, um, I don't know how fast you swing a golf club, but if you want to go try your hand at it, you can go, you know, put your name in the hat for some amateur competitions right now. Um, that would, and, and see how you stack up. But man, these amateurs are pretty fast as well. Um, the biggest thing that we're all trying to qualify for is the world championships at the end of the year. So like, that's the big thing that all the qualifications kind of lead up to. Um, and obviously there's different divisions. There's your open division, which is basically just your open pros, like everybody fastest guys in the world. There's a, a master's division, which is ages 45 and up. There is your amateur division and women's division. Um, and so everybody's trying to qualify for the world championships at the end of the year. The world championships are going to be held in October. Um, and the top, oh man, I'm going to mess this up. But I think it's top 40, get automatic qualification in the world, get an automatic bid. And then every single um, every single tournament throughout the year, there is the very first day is what's called a, a regional qualifier. And those, if you're top five at any of those, it's an automatic bid to the world championships at the end of the year. And that's what we're all kind of competing for. Um, I do not have my automatic bid yet. I've gotten close a couple of times. But uh, in the double elimination format, all it takes is, you know, it's pretty competitive. And so I'm still looking for my automatic qualifier for the end of the year world championships. But uh, we're getting faster and faster. I'm definitely fast enough to to do it. Um, I hit the ball far enough, far enough. It's just hitting the right ball in the right time and making sure it's in play. So that's kind of the goal right now going forward is um, and then still competing in the in the cash prize uh you know, side of the tournaments as well. But the, the, the regional qualifiers are, are the big ones right now that I'm really um, putting everything towards. What's up, everybody? I hope you're enjoying today's guest. A lot of people ask me how they can support the Roughnecks podcast. So I wanted to take a quick break to tell you the best way to support the podcast is to buy and wear merch. We have merch available on our website from hats, t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, and even coffee cups. There are even use sizes available for the kids. Head over to roughneckspodcast.com and make your purchase today. Thank you for all the support, but let's get back to today's guest. So what is like the typical distance that people hit? Like what is a far drive in this? Yeah. So that's tough to say because you don't, you have wind at your back, wind at your face, wind, you know, hard surface that you landed on, or maybe it's a soft, wet surface that just got done raining. But let's just call it a no wind, uh, normal grid that, you know, rolls out maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 yards. Uh, you need to be able to, in the open division, to be competitive, uh, you need to be able to hit the ball 400 yards. Um, you know, and then with some good conditions, of course, hit, hitting it over 400. Um, the biggest hitters in the world, the top five guys, um, they're able to, with no wind uh, on a set, reach out and touch 410 to 425. Um, you know, um, and it, you get a little wind in there, and they can throw it up there, and you'll see you'll see numbers come in at like three 430 to 440. 
maybe even a 450 ball. Um, you know, so it just depends where it is, if there's elevation or not elevation. But I would say just a normal, um, you got to be able to hit around 400 yards, um, give or take, depending on the conditions. And uh, that's a long ways to hit a ball. So yeah, swing speed wise to be competitive. Uh, I don't know if this means anything to anybody, but okay. So like most PGA professionals on the PGA tour around 115 miles an hour swing speed. Um, some of the faster ones are up around 120 mile an hour uh, swing speed. Uh, to be competitive here, you need to be in the 140s, 140 miles. So, I mean, you have to be over 20 mile an hour faster than the, professionals on the PGA tour. And uh, that's a lot, you know, so once you get up to about 150, there's only so many people in the world that, that swing the club 150. So that's kind of like an elite tier of athletes um, that, that are pretty, pretty fast. And then uh, there's probably, and it just happened this year for the first time, three or four guys, I got to look it up, but only there's only like three or four guys in the world now that can swing the club. 160 miles an hour so it's uh it's pretty insane uh the speed in which these guys are starting to push and um to keep up you gotta you gotta keep busting because they're not stopping either so how many how does like a competition work when you go in like do you have multiple shots do you have any like yep. warm-up shots like how exactly does it work so i'll just the the regional tournament that's played on the competed on the first day um, for the qualifier for the end of the year world championships. That is a double elimination format. Um, four guys on the grid at once. Uh, so they have the same win conditions at the same time hitting. You get six balls, uh, two and a half minutes to hit all six. Furthest ball that you can keep inside the grid is what you get is the one that counts for you. And so um, if you are the top two, you advance the next round in the winner's bracket. If you are the bottom bottom two, that's a loss for you. You go to the loser's bracket. So double elimination, got to make it through the field, make top five, you qualify. Um, so then once the actual tournament, like the open tournament, that's the next few days, um, think, of more of like, think of it more of like a PGA tournament. Like you have fields of 16 and each field of 16, top eight advance to the next day, top eight of, then they restructure it, recede, refeed. Uh, refill the 16 person groups top eight advance again the next day until you get to the final day when it's you know top eight go head to head and then top four go head to head and top two go head to head um and so during that field of 16 um when you're hitting you get you get about five i think it's five yeah five rounds um basically and you hit in different so there's first set second set third set fourth set and what it is is so five rounds, I hit against three three different people each time. So I hit against all 15 other competitors in that time. So I hit against everybody one time. Um, and so how I do against each one of those in each set, so there's four of us. Winner of the group of four gets 200 points. Second place gets 100, 50, and then 25. Um, and then if you don't get a ball in the grid, it's an automatic zero. So those kill you and those give you no points. At the end of all five of your sets, your points are totaled up, and top eight point getters move on. Bottom eight are eliminated. So it's kind of a kind of like a PGA Tour cut if you kind of like to think about it that way. So what is how big is the grid? Because you talked about inside the grid. Like what is the yeah. area you have to hit in? So it's like a it's like a wide fairway. Um, let's call it um, the tightest grids are probably like 40, 45 uh, um, yards apart. 
but most of them are more more along lines of like 50 to 60 yards uh, wide. And that would be, and that sounds wide, but when you're hitting the ball 400 yards, your area, your degree of your angles that you can hit it left or right become much, much tighter because the ball is carrying further. So if you think about hitting the ball 400 yards versus someone who hits it like 275 or 250 or 300, whatever, you have to be tighter in your dispersion because it's going to keep going further and further right or further and further left, whichever way you're hitting it. And so at, at about 400 yards, um, the width of like a 50 or 60 yard grid is the same width as like a 30 degree or 30 yard uh, fairway at like 200 and like 70 yards, 75 yards, something like that. So, um, it is pretty tight for as fast as we're swinging. It's kind of like hitting like a normal fairway on a golf course for most hitters. Yeah, see, my 200-yard drive, if you increase that to 400, I think my ball would end up off the course somewhere. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's the thing that people, I, don't, I don't think people quite understand unless you've been golfing and you have had the case of the shanks. Like, you understand, like, that once you, the further you go, the more it's just going to keep going if you have that slight bend already starting. Yep. So, I mean, it makes it a lot tighter. Like, you have to keep it real tight for how long, so long. So, how was, you know, could you already, or did you already have, were you already pretty good at keeping the ball straight, or is that something that you had to adjust? Yeah, so um, I golfed a long time ago back in high school, but, you know, it's kind of amazing. That's been, I don't want to give my age away too easy, but uh, that's 18 years ago. So uh, that's a long time ago. And I went this whole time, like, I fell out of love with golf. I didn't like it anymore, so I didn't do it. And I had the background in golf, but, you know, my swing, I never really had any lessons. I just did it because I was a good athlete and I'm kind of something to do at the time. So then 18 years later, I decided I want to be a long drive guy. And so I'm like, man, I better get some lessons. Um, but like, thank goodness I had that background and I had the background in um, explosive training. So I was already an explosive athlete. Um, but I did have to start from scratch with my golf swing a little bit at least because, uh, you know, definitely uh, um, had been a long time. So once I got that kind of cued in and I picked it up pretty quick being an athlete and, We've added a lot of speed real fast, and uh, the accuracy has come back as well. What was what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you could give potentially to some like a typical golfer for keeping their ball straight? Oh my gosh, get a swing coach. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, for sure. It's I'm telling you, it, uh, even if it's just like once a month or something, just to check in and see some stuff, man. I mean, there's so many things that I was doing wrong that I didn't know just because of bad habits I picked up from baseball. And I was just I was a big baseball player and I kind of just took it into the golf course. Right. And so there's just so many things I didn't realize I was doing wrong. And now I know um, a few few lessons, one once every month, they can give you something to look for. You can record your own swing. And uh, it really, really helped me realize uh, how to improve when I wasn't with my swing coach. Yeah, I have uh, my brother's buddy who went to state and high school and stuff. And then originally out of um, call or yeah, just out of high school and stuff. I think he originally wanted to go be like a coach, like a yeah. golf instructor. So like when we golf with him, it's like nice. Cause I'm like, tell me like, I don't, I try not to be that guy on the golf course, especially cause I'm not a great golfer to try and tell everybody like, this is how, what you should be doing. But like when he does it, I'm like, I'm listening. Cause he he'll do just the littlest things of like, Hey, finish, finish on your front foot and like push me forward with this golf club and just little things. And all of a sudden, like the one day he was out with me 
and like I was shanking everything to the right. And yeah. by the end, I was going straight down the middle. And I was like, I don't even like you just changed the littlest thing. You didn't <laughs> even completely change my swing. It's sometimes it's, it's all it takes, you know. Yeah, a lot of the times too, it is in a lot of areas of life. It's just the little things that you have to tweak for it to start to be better. I tell you what, like doing all the speed training, which I'm doing, it, it's kind of interesting to think about because I have to fix make. Not, I don't know, fix my swing in such a short amount of time, but I have to, I have to perfect my swing, and I have such a, I have less time to make sure it's squared up than most golfers, right? Because I swing it so much faster. So being able to get the club on plane or and on path correctly in the shorter window, um, it really, man, the, the hyper-focus and the hyper-awareness of your own everything in your swing, your own body and your what your hands and your, and your hips and your legs are doing, um, you do it at such a faster rate that when you go to back it off a little bit and you just want to play on a golf course, it feels like things are happening in like slow-mo speed. Um, and it, it's really cool because your brain is so freaking fascinating. Your brain can adapt. It's, it, it's the most advanced computer in the world is so freaking cool. Um, and it can adapt to just about any situation, any scenario that you put it under stress to. And by putting it under tons and tons of um, calculations on these fast speed swings that I'm doing, um, in these speed sessions, hundreds and hundreds of golf balls. And then your brain just gets used to that. It's like, okay, this is the new normal. I can operate at this, at this speed. And then anything slower than that, when you just, you know, choke it down a little bit for a regular golf course, it's like, man, I'm moving in slow-mo and it's so e much easier to square up a face or to hit a ball straighter or to do certain things with a golf club because it feels like you have so much more time to work with that golf club. So it's kind of interesting how, speed training and pe some people who hate on long drivers because of how much we focus and, and, and emphasize speed, how much that can help your regular golf game because it helps your brain process things so much quicker. That's, I mean, that is the, I have an exact same situation with football. I remember they, <clears throat> a few times they would have, you know, the scout team lined up and they'd have a whole nother scout team directly behind them. So, like, the first scout team would run the play, and then the next one was on the ball right away, running it. And the defense, like, we had to adjust quickly. Like, you didn't – but then when you got in the game, even if they went, no, like, like hurry up, you were just like, this is slow. Everything's slow I'm, compared to that. You know, it makes everything so much easier. When you, a lot like, force your brain to, like, speed up and get to the highest it can probably potentially be, everything else the below that is super slow and makes it seem super easy. It's an amazing machine. It's so amazing what a brain can do. Uh, you just have to, you know, you just have to get off your lazy butt and, you know, do some, do, do some work. I mean, obviously there's people making millions of dollars, uh, whether it's playing video games or doing whatever, but that's obviously a slow, small majority of it. But man, if you get, get, you stop being lazy and you push your brain to some things, it can, it can really surprise you. It can do some crazy things. It'll just adapt. It'll adapt to whatever stimulus you give it. Um, again, we're talking sports, we're talking business, we're talking life. Um, you just have to be, you have to be open to doing it and be a little tougher than, uh, mentally to, uh, to, to experience some of this stuff. What would you say has been the most challenging thing to figure out throughout this, you know, starting doing the long drive? Man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, at first it was, you know, 
how am I going to fare once I get all up on the T blocks and all that kind of stuff? Like how do I call my nerves? Um, you know, I remember the very first uh, professional competition I was in, we were out in Mesquite, Nevada and I got up to the first tee block. Um, I'm up there with four other guys, and they you're allowed to tee up the first ball and get it ready before they say, you know, grid's clear and go ahead and fire away. Um, so I'm teeing up the first ball. I'm getting the first one set up, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine. They call my name. I'm ready to go. I'm all amped up. I'm excited. Juices are flowing. Testosterone's pumping. The adrenaline is racing. And then I go tee up my first ball, and my hand just, like, won't stop shaking. It like It's like this. I have the ball in my hand. I'm like, what is going on? It's so involuntary. I didn't I didn't feel it coming on. I go and tee it up. The ball falls off the tee because it's, I'm shaking so much. I have to re-pick it up, put the tee, ball back on the tee. And in the middle of, like, the, okay, he's getting ready to say fire away here in the next 20 seconds. i got to slow everything down, figure it out, and go. Um yeah, I was, I was that whole set. I went OB, 0, 6, 0 for six. You get six balls, one out of bounds, two out of bounds, three all the way through six, zero points. Walk off. I'm like, well, I better wake up and get my shit together real fast because this is going to be a quick night at, uh, at the office if I don't. So that was kind of like the first kind of like toughest thing I had to figure out. I wouldn't say it was just tough. I mean, it was more or less just like you need experience, I guess. Um, the training side of things, the toughest part for me, easy. Okay, I don't know why I even thought the mechanic side. You know, me not being a golfer by nature, and me having to you know learn proper swing mechanics, um, and not just swing mechanics, but swing mechanics that allow for me to swing at the speeds in which I need to to be competitive. So finding a good swing coach who also understands we can't hinder certain things. We have we have to be. Work on accuracy, but there's some accuracy components that we aren't going to want to. We just have to figure out how to override them because of, uh, you know, we don't want to hinder the speed and, and put a governor on you. So hitting the ball straight while swinging that fast, you know, making sure the face is squared up at impact. Those types of things, all those things, um, just allowing my strength and my explosiveness to come through without. Basically, I was hindering it because of the way I was swinging a golf club. I wasn't allowing all my explosions to come through a swing. So that was the toughest part. Uh, I'll, the, easily the toughest part was making sure the mechanics were right. Back to the little things. That's where the little things come into play. That no, a lot of It was the most boring part. I just trained for speed, speed, speed for the first couple months. And I was like, why am I not getting any faster? I'm getting so much more strong, so much more explosive, so much stronger. And then I went and did a couple of things and they're like, well, it's because you're swing, you're doing this, you're fighting yourself. You're fighting your own explosivity. I'm like, okay, show me what I need to do. Boom. Instantly three miles an hour there. Kept working on it later next week, another couple mile an hour faster. Then from there each week, another mile an hour, another mile an hour, another mile an hour. Now I'm swinging in the mid to high one forties. And it's like, I mean, that's fast. Yeah. That is. I mean, that's the thing. People are like, oh, yeah, 140. And it's like, all right, now imagine a car driving past you at 140. Like that, yeah. I mean, it's it's quick. It's moving fast. Like so much that you can barely see yeah. the club swinging. Yeah. I'd be surprised. You know, you're a strong athlete right now. I mean, you've always been a strong athlete. You or your buddies. I'd be surprised if you could go out there, take a golf club, and you would impress me if any of you could just not care where the ball went, just swing as hard as you could get over 120 or 125 mile an hour club head speed. It's just, it, it's so different and there's so much training that's involved in it. And um, it's really, really cool. Cause that's kind of where I started. I was about 125 mile an hour club head speed. And in six months I've put on 20 miles an hour. So 
that's impressive. But we're going to move into the final segments of the podcast. I do have a question that I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. If you could go back in time and tell your 16-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Stop wishing, start doing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, man, my 16-year-old self, what would it be? What would it be? Man, I feel like I've been pretty motivated my whole life, but I I guess I maybe just stopped the video games a little sooner. I never really got into that. Um, we kind of talked about that. Um Man. let's come back to it all right that'll work it's funny because uh this is a normal reaction like every guest i don't tell my guests that i'm doing this question yeah and, like and they always get a little stumped by it yeah but we'll go into motivation monday before we come back to this Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you got for Motivation Monday? Motivation Monday, it's easy. Like anywhere you're at, whether you're driving to work right now, you're sitting at home on your couch, you're, you're, you're at your office at lunch, there's something you wish that you would have done. There's something you wish you would have done more of. There's something you wish you would have started in business or started in your personal life or started in your relationship. And you wish you would have done it a year ago. You wish you would have done it three years ago. Well, there's nothing you can do about that now, but you can stop wishing and you can start doing. So whatever it is, just start today. Whether it's just a small little piece of it, a small little piece tomorrow, maybe it's something on the side, Maybe it's something while you're taking care of all the main things that you have in your life, but this is a little piece that you're going to start on this week. And next week, it'll roll into next week, and then it rolls into the next month. And in a year from now, you're going to look back and be like, man, I'm so glad I started this. Because if you don't, it's going to eat you your entire life. And you're going to say, what if? What if I would have done this? What if I would have started that? And it's it's going to be a little sad to think about, like because you're gonna you're kind of going to have a small little regret. I know people say I have no regrets. Well, whatever. You're probably going to regret not trying it a little bit, and you know don't have those regrets. Start it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But stop wishing and start doing. Kind of going off that, you know, people say I have no regrets and I wouldn't change a thing, and it's like you have no regrets. From the point that you stopped wishing and started doing. That's when you have no regrets. You had regrets before because Mm -hmm. let's be real. None of us have been perfect our entire life and completely drove ourselves to where we are. Like there comes a a switch that we kind of finally flip in our head and our mindset of, hey, what am I doing? Like you turn in the video games off. It's like you start to finally realize like I'm wasting my time. I'm I'm not I'm just sitting here want, wanting to be able to do this stuff instead of actually just going and doing it. It's and, and in today's world, we have this thing called the internet and YouTube that will teach you how to do anything you want to. Like you can find out how to do anything. Now, are you going to be perfect at it the first time you do it? Absolutely not. No. I mean most times, 9 times out of 10, you're going to maybe do all right or maybe do probably do really bad, but that's where you just have to continue to keep going, keep going through it you're going to improve everything that you put in the the discipline and the the consistency to you'll eventually get better at it to, to the point of maybe you're where you're at, but then your goals just keep getting higher and higher. Absolutely. I mean, even if it's a shitty idea, you're going to learn so much from shitty ideas. 
you're going to, you you may can it in six months, but the growth that you're going to experience from your failures and your poor decisions are going to just stimulate you that much more to the next thing that you have no idea what it might be and the success it might lead to. And so, I mean, failure isn't a failure unless you don't learn from it. Right. Exactly. Stop looking at these things called like the the whole failure thing that I've talked about it so many times on this podcast where it's not a failure unless you don't learn from it. That's when it becomes a failure. If you don't take what you get, like whether like, yeah, like you said, you may can that idea in six months, but you learned, Hey, I don't want to do that. That's not for me. And it's just the same sometimes with people with jobs. Now that I go back and forth on this because some people just switch jobs so quick because they're like, Oh, I don't like it now. And it's like, well, you, you just don't like that one aspect. You didn't push through it or try to find a way to make that better. Like you can grow inside of a company if you try to fix those kind of things. But you know, you're going to start to see people you, or you will, you do see people that as soon as they get tired of it, they just, they're, they're done. But you didn't, you didn't actually try. You didn't actually put in that effort to continue to get better at it. Yeah. It's, it's the, the shiny new toy effect. Like right when this, when this, when the luster and the shininess of whatever the new idea or the new job or the new business or the new training regiment that you're doing or the new diet, once that shininess wears off, it's like, well, are you still going to keep pushing through or now or all of a sudden you're bored and you need a new shiny toy to play with and a new shiny toy to attract you in some different phase? Um, you know, same thing with business. The easiest thing in business is coming up with an idea and your cool logos and your branding. And, you know, we're going to do this, all these cool ideas. And how, this is how we're going to get from point A to point B. And we're, we're, we're doing all these revenue models and these these business models. And then all of a sudden it starts and it's still kind of fun and it's still exciting. Then all of a sudden you're working 12 hours a day for six or seven days a week. And maybe then it's 14, eight, 16 hours. And next thing you know, after about six months or a year, it's like, man, this, the shininess wore off this business. It's like, well, you can't give up now, but this is when like the real stuff is made. The real progress is made. You've already come up with everything. Now you just have to keep pushing through. Sometimes there's that, there's that cartoon of like the guy picking his way through the tunnel and he's a he's about ready to give up and he's like this far from get, reaching the other side which is like a pot of gold or shiny diamonds or whatever the, the the allure is like you know the success i guess you'll call it and he doesn't know he's this far away because all i can see is more dirt that he's been picking through for days and days and months and years and so he's on the verge of giving up and all he has to do what he doesn't realize is you never know when you're just that close to breaking through it, everything's there for you. And so you, yeah, you don't to- know when you don't know when you're at the top of that hill and you're about yeah. to come like you're about to yeah, enjoy the joyride back like all the way down. And like exactly. you know, I've heard people, there's companies of people that you know or whatever that oh they have all these fancy trucks and like he just he lives in this million dollar house and like mm-hmm. he, and it's like yeah but he worked his ass off for 20 years before you were even born. And now he's able to finally enjoy what he did. Yeah, he had those 12, 14, 16-hour days for weeks at a time, months at a time, years. And now he doesn't have to do as much because you build something that you eventually, you can enjoy it. Like, you can enjoy your life. Yes, you're going to, people think entrepreneurship is so sexy and it's so awesome to own your own business. I get to work my own hours. And it's like, yeah, you work your own hours, but you also are running a company. So. Yeah. But business if, if you don't you work out. your own hours, you'll also see that company just go yes. right down into the, the nose dive. So everybody's you know. seen it. 
yeah, you get to make your own schedule, but uh, you better make your schedule pretty lengthy. <laughs> if you want to, if you, you want to see it grow, exactly, you have to put just, in the time. Just piss money away. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> dude, what do you think of my hat, dude? Like it? I do like that. I was gonna bring that up because you're. Uh, is it a sponsor or is it? Are you just yeah. partnered up with them? No, yeah. I mean, they're they're super great to me. Uh, Bogey Bros Golf. They uh, they've been awesome. Uh, John and and the guys there. They are. Uh, they're great, like lifestyle brand for like the fun, like golfer. The I just knew that it, it's perfect with like roughnecks because you guys are, you know, it, that that group of people who go out golfing and don't take themselves too seriously, just want to go have fun. That's what this company is, and they're awesome. They've treated me so amazing. I'm super blessed to have them uh, on board with me, and um, I think uh, they're, they're doing some great stuff right now. All their stuff is fun. Like this is like the elusive birdie. Like right, you see in the birdie through the scope, you just can't quite hit it. You know, I got the magic eight ball shirt on that talks smack to you. It says you will, you suck. You will four putt. You will miss it. You know, stuff like that. Uh, they got all kinds of fun, playful, like hilarious shirts. Uh, some of them are PG. Some of them are not PG. So, but you know, it just depends on what your taste is and what you like. But yeah, Bogey Bros has been awesome. And, you know, without them, I wouldn't be able to go to as many tournaments and uh, compete as many times as I do. So they've been, uh, they've been super awesome. And, you know, I, I'm just excited to see where this part, this partnership can, uh, can go to, but yeah, I'll have to get you some, uh, get you some gear. Yeah. I, I'm looking on the website actually right now and I was looking at some <laughs> of the hats and it's definitely there's some non PG stuff, but yeah. there's some awesome ones as well. I like the send it cause you were the send it one in uh, one of your competitions. Then you? yep, there it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, do, uh, you have, do you have a that? promo code for them? Yeah. Just T Scott. It okay. gets you 10% off. But, um, you know, it's it's fun because, like, no matter what, even if you're not going golfing, but if you are going golfing, you'll be, like, the talk of the, you know, it's always fun for everybody to be like, oh, dude, where'd you get that shirt or where'd you get the hat? And your buddies to laugh about it because, I mean, that's right. That's all about the camaraderie anyways and what we all have fun doing. And we love when people kind of uh, take notice of the, some of the, you know, uh, fits that we're wearing and stuff like that. So it's it's uh, it's it's definitely guaranteed to be, like, a little eye grabber for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Yeah, but we're gonna fun. go back to the uh, the question. See if you got an answer for us. Now oh, sixteen year old self. Jimmy <laughs> Christmas. Let's see. What was I doing at sixteen? See, and you know what's crazy? So, like looking back in high school, um, I was such a sports nerd. I guess I would call it like if the coach, like I don't know, it was crazy. I don't know if it was the way I was brought up with my dad and stuff. But if the coach said something, it was Bible. Like I, you know, we had a. Uh, one year I was a freshman, we had a new coach that came in. He said, you can't drink pop and for the whole season. And I'm sure, I, well, I know all the upperclassmen were like, screw this, dude. We're drinking pop. What are you kidding me? Like, and I'm 18 years old. You're not going to tell me I can't drink pop during the season. And I don't know if it was, uh, he, he said, he talked about its health benefit, uh, not lack of health benefits and some things. But I don't know if it was just more of like, hey, I want to see who's disciplined and uh, who will follow this. Dude, I followed that to T. All the way through the season, um, and I don't drink pop this day. That kind of, that that stopped me drinking pop. I tried it again, and it, it was terrible. But um, you know things like that. So I was always working out on my own. I was always super driven. I always wanted to be the best basketball player, a baseball player, whatever you know. Name the sport. Um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't party or anything in high school. I did, you know, I wasn't like so. I was pretty, uh, pretty focused from a, from an early age. Um, I do think 
I mean, I went to college under like a little bit of like not. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, you know, stuff like that. So I guess I could probably tell myself some things to look out for. But like, um, you know, the one one regret I guess I have, uh, I've always had in my life was um, I had a chance after college to play professional basketball overseas, and uh, I worked out with uh, all the big time guys that were graduating with me. Uh, we went to Philadelphia and trained out of there. And when it came down to it. Um, I got, I got cold feet and didn't pull the trigger. They had something set up for me, and uh, I backed out on it. And that was kind of like the thing. So, I mean, I don't know if I would tell myself, hey, take advantage of opportunities while you're young. Um, you know, that might be a good little piece of advice um, as long as the opportunities are um, within your um, – what's the word I'm looking for? But, you know. Take advantage of those opportunities, and uh, especially if it's something where, you know, you can push yourself to be a better human or be a better, um, I don't know, person, I guess, and experience new things. So, you know, as long as it's not a negative thing to experience um, and it fits with your moral compass, um, you know, make sure you take advantage of those things because you're only young once. Yeah, taking advantage of those opportunities when we're young. We just kind of talked about that on an episode recently, and he he was a he played football at Kent State, and you know he he talked about like you know you have those those guest speakers that come in and talk to the team. Some of them are like the business side of things, and it's like you're just sitting there like I just want out of this. Like I, I'm just here because I have to be here. They're in a class. And he's like now looking back, like to set me up better in life. I wish I'd have took advantage of that opportunity really listen to what they had to say and maybe re reach out to them and talk to them a little bit after. And that was something I didn't pick up till college. Uh, like really my senior year, once I started this podcast of being able to reach out to people because, you know, you have those opportunities. I had a class that he was, uh, it was an entrepreneurship class and he brought in guest speakers. Some of these big time companies, you know, multi-million dollar companies that sold like, uber one of the guys that helped start uber and stuff like that and it's like you're around these crazy you know um successful people take advantage of that and talk to them and truly learn from their mistakes and their successes what's a couple of what's a couple of big big time pieces of advice that you've gotten like even like just like short little things like from talking to all these people that you talk to on your podcast like what are some things that you've taken that like you think oh my goodness that's such good advice uh, honestly, one of the ones was a few months ago that I, I keep going back to and it's F Monday. He, uh, he, that's what he said. Cause he's like, people always say start on Monday or I'm going to start on Monday. And I already talked about it in today's episode, but that it's like kind of the whole stop wishing start doing too. Like you can do it right now. You don't have to wait for it. There's no perfect time to start things. Mm. It's just start right now. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of them. I like that one a lot. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, different guys. I always like just hearing what other people's perspective is and some things that help them get to the next level, no matter what it is, just to, as far as mindset goes. Like, um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to share with me. I mean, it may help me um, as I'm trying to get to the next level and everything I'm doing. Trying to think off the top of my head, because that's the thing is I'm 170. Something I know, it's nice. into, it all like, like if, you were, if you were going to take your, if you were going to take something to the next level, whether it's a business or something like what, what's what, what did, when did people start seeing success when they, they said, Hey, when I started doing something like this, 
that's when I noticed like the success in my life went up, whether it's reading. A lot of people, honestly, reading as one of them podcast and that a lot of people also said like, you know, you have to be willing to cut things out of your life, like cutting out the partying, cutting mm-hmm. out, you know, sometimes your friends want to hang out on a Tuesday night, whether you're drinking or not. Yeah. And you have to be willing to say no, because I have to get this done or I have to work on this. I had a guy, Nick Lavery, the military guy that uh, ended up losing his leg in combat, but he was the first ever amputee it was above the knee amputee to ever go back to combat but when he was writing his book he's from boston and boston sports fans take their sports very seriously with the patriots and everything like that and he's like i gave up watching football to work on the book because that was what was more valuable to me than sitting on the couch he's like yeah it's only an hour and a half or i could go out and watch it and then go work on it at halftime whatever but you know when you're willing to cut those kind of things out it will help propel you faster than those people that aren't willing to, you know, set more time aside to work on what it is you need to work on. I like, I like that perspective because you kind of always think about what can I do more to make myself hit that next level. And now we're talking about like the complete opposite. It's like, okay, well let's look at it from the other angle. What can you cut out? that will take you to the next level. And like, I think about things that took me and I find I used to be a guy who stayed up every single night. Didn't matter if it was weekday or weekend. I mean, I was up till one to two a.m. every night. You know, especially out of college, that's kind of like how your your brain is working. And once I started going to bed earlier, now I'm I go to bed at nine nine thirty every night, ten at the latest, and um, it helps me wake up at you know five a.m. every day. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying that that is the key to success, but I found. The earlier I went to bed, the less I started staying up late, the more productive my next days were and the more exactly. I got done the next day. So I cut out staying up late. I cut out listening to music all the time and started listening to podcasts, um, you know, things like that. It's interesting to look at from that perspective, like what can you cut out that actually adds to your life? It's like, what can you subtract makes that it becomes an addition? Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing like people a lot of times too if you're staying up later past that time you're not really doing anything valuable most of the time you're kind of just yeah a lot of times sitting around and you know some people work opposite ways where they prefer to sleep in but they can stay up late at night and get a lot more done mm-hmm. and it, it, there's no like right or wrong way but right. i feel like nine times out of ten the people that do and the times that i because over the winter you know, I cut out drinking, I cut out all this stuff, and mm-hmm. I noticed all of a sudden my my efficiency went up because I was going to bed earlier. Yeah. I was waking up at 4 or 5 every morning, going in, getting a workout in, coming home, and being able to get some things done before work with the podcast. And then I was ahead, so instead of when I got home after work or whatever, I wasn't up until you know, 12, one o'clock, like last night I was up to one o'clock editing an episode, but yeah. <laughs> you, I have, you have those times, but you know, when I was getting a little bit done in the morning, it gave me less that I had to do that evening and it breaks it up enough that your mind's focusing on it for that good amount of time and you're not overdoing it. Cause I don't remember there, I know there's some scientific thing of like your brain can focus for X amount of time and then it starts to lose its focus. But that and one of the things I learned too is cutting out your phone when you're working on stuff like like when I'm working on the podcast, my phone usually goes on do not disturb. Yeah. And, and the only time I'm using it is if I'm texting like a guest or 
you know, maybe scheduling a post for social media and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's very easy. I, I caught myself a lot in college when I'm writing a paper and then all of a sudden 20 minutes goes by that you've been scrolling on Instagram. And you just got on there for one quick second, yeah. but it, it starts to add up. And if you start to kind of cut that out a little bit, it helps a lot. I think what you, what you said about staying up, some people do function better. So they stay up late and they get a lot done at night and then they sleep in a little bit more. So like there's no cookie cutter answer. Um, I would say that's probably, uh, and tell me what you think, because of the people who tell me, no, I function better when I, I just, I, I, I stay up later, I get more done and I just like to sleep in till 10 or 11. And, you know, that just works better for me. And half of them, I, I, I see the results and they're, they're killing it. And it does. I think the other half are just lazy and lying, but like, whatever, you know, I mean, that's more power oh, to I you. I, don't, I, don't know. Huh? I agree. I agree a hundred percent because I've done things both ways. Yeah. I know the later I stay up working on things, my production goes down and I don't, in my opinion, I don't like sleeping in anymore because if I sleep past like eight o'clock, I'm like, man, like half my day is already gone. Like, I feel like uh -huh. half my day has already disappeared. When I always I'm feel like people are like, I get out and I see if, if I'm in, out early in the morning and I don't see many cars on the road, it's like I'm beating people. That's just a weird thought in my head. Like, right. I'm, I'm ahead of, I'm ahead of schedule. I'm ahead of people. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more done. And then if I get out on the road and I see a ton of cars and there's already traffic, it's like, these guys are one step ahead of me. I don't know. It's not actually accurate. I get it, but like, it's a mentality and it is just kind of like help fuel me. But um, like you said, it, it doesn't, I know I know music songwriters that write their best music. They they get done with a concert and they're they're wired and wide awake, and they write their best songs at three and four in the morning. You know, mm -hmm. um, and you know in that case it's a little different. But I would say for the majority of people, um, I think you'll see more product productivity going up if you are wanting to get ahead and wanting to to produce more, whether it's athletically in your personal life, your business life. Uh, in your career and you want to rise the ranks in your in your own field i just think you're, you're gonna get more done i just think you're gonna be more productive and i think you're gonna be a lot more um yeah that's it yeah it's funny that you said something about the cars and seeing them in the morning because that literally happened to me this past saturday i was already <laughs> out on the road at like 7 seven fifteen, yeah. and there was a bunch of cars and i was like man i thought i was beating everybody yeah, right? i'm already behind <laughs> it's a cool way to think about it i don't know how accurate it is but at the same time, it, it it just sparks your own personal drive and motivation. It makes you hungrier. So, you know, whether it's true or not, it's worked for your purpose that you need it to work for. Exactly. Yeah. But Trevor, man, thanks for coming on the podcast for yet another time. Where can people find and follow you on social media? Uh, Trevor Scott underscore Apex FC. Um, and, but yeah, you can follow all kinds of training stuff that I'm doing for golf. Um, explosive work. I mean, it can translate to baseball, basketball, football, golf, volleyball, um, anything athletically uh, available out there. I'm, I'm doing it in the in the gym and I'm sure there's going to be tons and tons of workout routines that you guys can take. Or if you just have questions, feel free to DM me, message me, and I'll be more than happy to help you produce more, uh, produce more power, produce more force and uh, a little bit more explosion. When's your uh, next competition? I leave next Thursday for Colorado. And then two weeks after that is Memphis. Uh, the following month is Connecticut. And then I believe we're back in Tennessee. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, Utah. And we're in Utah. Yep. So it's going to be, it's a wild ride there. It's going to be bang, bang, bang. Um, 
you know, trying to get better in between as much as possible and having fun on those weekends when we're, uh, we're getting after it on the grid. How can people, cause people can watch those as well. Oh, yeah. How can people watch it? Yeah. So world long drive, uh, has a YouTube channel and they, they, um, live stream all of them. Um, I post on my socials, uh, when out what, which group I'll be hitting in. Um, and, uh, it's, it's fun. It's intense. Like if you just like seeing explosive humans, like these dudes, I mean, I'm telling you, man, they are, they're six, 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 five, six, four, just, I mean, they're, they're, they're big, strong guys. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy myself. I'm six, two and got quite a good, good, good amount of uh, muscle tissue on my body. And, you get up next to these guys and I'm just another average dude. Like I am not, these guys are big and and some of them big, you know, a lot bigger than I am. And so it's uh it's pretty cool to just see these explosive athletes just mashing golf balls, 450 yards and just seeing the true raw power that some of these guys have. It moves pretty quick. You don't have to worry about the slow, boring, you know, whatever. If you don't like golf, it's nothing like golf Then you may enjoy this. Uh, you don't have to watch any putts. Nobody's chasing their ball down. I just hit it and just, just, just grunt a little bit, you know? So it's a lot of testosterone, a lot of adrenaline and uh, it's a lot of fun. Definitely go check it out and definitely go follow him on social media. There will be links to that in the episode description. Also, last thing, do not forget to sign up for the Roughnecks Volleyball Tournament at Newark Station. That is July 15th, six-person team. Sign up. You sign up, you get a T-shirt, and there will be live music. It's open to the public as well, like I said in the beginning of the episode. So if you just want to come and hang out, July 15th at Newark Station. But until Friday, you guys know the deal. Life is hard, and it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let that bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you liked today's episode, then please be sure to share it with a friend. You can follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Roughnecks Podcast. Head over to roughneckspodcast.com and grab yourself some Roughnecks merch. Until next time, make sure you grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out.